Uh, some years ago, a, um, a young uh, Bible college student named Bill volunteered his energies to work in his local youth group. He uh, uh, participated in all the ways that volunteers often do. He made refreshments. He helped to lead games. He went off on the trips that the youth group took to uh, far-off places. He befriended kids and welcomed them when they got to the youth group. And that was pretty much what he did. He served the staff of the church, the youth pastor, who was pretty much the main figure in the mix. And one day, the youth pastor came to Bill and said, listen, I'm going to go out of town. I'm heading out on vacation. I wonder if you wouldn't mind stepping in for me and being the teacher at our youth group next weekend. Bill just felt his knees going weak, and he thought to himself, I've never done any kind of public speaking. Uh, I'd be terrified to do that kind of thing. Who am I to step into that kind of a role? But he couldn't imagine saying no to his youth pastor, and so with trembling lip, he said, okay, I'll give it a try. Well, he feverishly prepared for the teaching, which was on the subject of the uh, part of Jesus' own instruction in which he says in the Sermon on the Mount that relationships and the healing of broken relationships is so important to God that if you've got an issue between you and somebody else that's not been resolved, it would be better for you to just leave your your sacrifice on the altar and head right out of church and go off and address the reconciling of that relationship than just to preoccupy yourself with a ritual that was not as important to God as the healing of relationships. And so Bill prepared this message and thought about how he might put it in terms that young people would understand. And he got up and he gave the message. He was terrified, right? I mean, he was just, his mouth went dry, he stumbled over his words, he dragged himself through the whole process, uh, infused with doubt almost every step of the way, and then he sat down at the end of his talk. There was dead silence, crickets in the place. And he thought, oh, I've blown it. Gosh, the youth pastor is going to be so upset. Nobody's coming back next week, you know, just so upset. And then the strangest thing happened. One of the kind of burly athletic guys, popular kid in the local high school, uh, suddenly gets up out of his seat and he goes across the room and he he starts talking with a, 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 a more, shall we say, academically oriented kid. And he says, he says to him, Greg, I'm really sorry. You know, I got rough with you in that game we were playing earlier. You know, I realize I do that a lot. I throw my muscle around and I just want to say I'm sorry for that. And, and I realize that's wrong, and I'm not going to behave that way anymore. A moment later, a, a, one of the popular girls in the group uh, turns to one of the less popular girls, and she says, Kathy, I, 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 I need to apologize to you. I realize, you know, I'm all friendly with you when we're here at church, but when we get to school, I act like I don't even know you because you're in another group, and I just pretend like you're nothing, you know, like you're dirt, And I know that's wrong. And I'm not going to do that anymore. And then another person turned to somebody else. And another person got up and went off and made a phone call to somebody who wasn't even in the room. And, And another person responded. And another person responded. And Bill was just dumbfounded. 
Well, the next week he goes back to his Bible college and he, he, he goes to one of his mentors in the Bible college uh, uh, and he says, Doctor, I, this, this amazing thing happened. And he said, I got up and spoke and I felt like I was terrible. And, and all of this incredible thing, this thing unfolded. And, and the doctor looked at him, the professor looked at him and said, Bill, have you, have you never heard of spiritual gifts? Have you ever heard of spiritual gifts? I got to confess that that for many, many years, I I did not know anything about spiritual gifts. The Apostle Paul says in his letter to the church at at, uh, Corinth long ago, he said, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Yet many of us are uninformed. When I was early on in my Christian life, I thought a spiritual gift was getting tickets to a Christian concert or being given a Bible. That's a spiritual gift. But in reality, spiritual gifts are so much more interesting and life-changing than that. I want to just give you a simple definition to spiritual gifts today in hopes that this will be helpful to you. And let me just read this simple idea to you. Spiritual gifts are supernatural empowerments given to every believer for the upbuilding of the body of Christ. I want to invite you to say that with me out loud. Spiritual gifts are supernatural empowerments given to every believer for the upbuilding of the body of Christ. Now, there's a lot of meaning in that simple statement. I want to unpack a little bit of it for you today in hopes that it will help you understand this dimension of what it means to be a follower of Jesus in a more helpful way. First of all, spiritual gifts are supernatural empowerments. Which is to say, spiritual gifts are not the same thing as talents and skills. You know, all of us have got talents and skills of one kind or another. Some of us are are talented in sports. Some of us are are skilled in accounting. You know, we've got a range of different talents and skills that are related to genetics, to our upbringing, to our education. Uh, These things are all wonderful endowments of nature or nurture with which we can achieve a certain kind of human impact in the world, but spiritual gifts are different. Spiritual gifts are divine infusions of the power of God himself to change things, to to work sometimes through natural talents or uh, skills, but in either case to produce extraordinary results, uh, spiritually life-changing results. Now, the Bible talks a lot about these gifts of the Spirit. Actually, all the way back in the very beginning of the Bible, we hear about them. We're told in the book of Exodus, for example, how the Spirit of God provided these supernatural abilities to the, to the artisans and the craftsmen that uh, manufactured the tabernacle that, uh, that housed the Ark of the Covenant, which held the law of God, that was the traveling church building, in a sense, for the people of God as they moved out of Egypt and through the wilderness. Uh, God gave these, these artists an ability, a supernatural capacity, to create a magnificent space that would help uh, provide a context in which the people of God would worship Him, discover His truth, uh, amidst the very hostile conditions of the wilderness. On in Deuteronomy, a little later, we're told that Joshua was given supernatural wisdom 
in order to be the successor of Moses. Now, you'd have to have something supernatural going on to follow a guy like Moses. And, and God gave Joshua, we're told, a, a, a wisdom from beyond himself in order to lead the people of God uh, through the wilderness and cross into the promised land and to confront the tremendous opposition they would meet from the local tribes there. Then on through the book of Judges, later in the Old Testament, we hear that when, when, it was the, when the Holy Spirit came upon particular individuals, that those individuals suddenly were infused with the capacity to rise up and lead the people of Israel in times of great tribulation. And so we read over many different eras of Israel's life, of times when things were on the sliding uh, slope, and all of a sudden God brought his power upon some particular woman or man, and it was both women and men that, that were touched in this way, and those people rose up and became the critical charismatic uh, leader for that particular period of Israel's history. The prophet Isaiah was one of those kinds of figures. We read later on how Isaiah uh, spoke the word of the Lord to the people of God at a critical moment in their history and, and said, this is not from me. This is the spirit of God that is speaking through me. And Isaiah even prophesied there was going to come a day in which there would arise on the earth a human being in which the entire fullness of the Holy Spirit of God would dwell. And he, of course, he was speaking of and pointing towards the coming of Jesus Christ. Spiritual gifts are supernatural empowerments. Different from skills, different from natural talents, they are supernatural empowerments, secondly, given to every believer. They're given to everyone who invites the presence of the Holy Spirit into their life. Now, how many times have you seen somebody um, doing something extraordinary and thought to yourself, wow, now that person's gifted? How many of you ever thought that to yourself? Boy, that person's gifted. Right, we all have. And behind that, I know for me anyway, behind that statement is often a sense of, ah, I wish I was gifted. You know, I, I just wish I had this amazing capacity that I'm seeing uh, in that way. Well, sometimes Christians will speak as if only certain people really have gifts of the Spirit. Uh, sometimes extreme Christians will speak as if God only really cared to give spiritual gifts to a particular group of followers. Uh, and they call these people charismatic Christians. Have you ever heard that term, charismatic Christian? Now, that comes from the Greek word charisma which literally means supernaturally gifted. We've sort of um, dumbed down the meaning of that word uh, to think of people that are simply incandescent personalities or celebrities, right? But in its original meaning, people who were charismatic were, were understood to be people who had been supernaturally gifted by God in ways that produced extraordinary results. Biblically speaking, every one of us who has received the Holy Spirit, is a charismatic Christian. Okay? We have this gift, this charisma within us. Some of us don't yet know our charismata or our gifts. Uh, some of us are not employing our charismata or gifts in a practical or intentional way. But the Apostle Paul makes it really clear in his teaching that to each believer, 
the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each believer, meaning every believer, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is given for the common good. And then Paul goes on in his writing to the church at Ephesus long ago and says, to each one of us, grace, and the, and the Greek word there is charis, which is the foundation for the word charismatic uh, or, or grace gift. To each one of us, grace has been given as Christ has apportioned it. Now, I'm underlining this with you today because the, there, there's a tendency, I think, to forget this reality in, in our times. Uh, author Rick Yown uh, nails it, I think, when he observes that we live in a professional society. We live in a society in which people often must be credentialed or must wear special uh, clothing. Like my brother's a federal judge. You know, he's got this black robe that he wears. And as soon as he puts that baby on, it, everybody thinks of him as an authority. Doesn't get the same respect at home uh, from mom and the kids. But, but he wears that outfit and everybody sort of looks at him differently. We live in a professionalized society. The result in the church of Jesus Christ, however, is devastating, uh, writes Rick Young. Because Christians are seeing only a tiny percentage of the influence that is possible because we have too often given the ministry over to the professionals. Right? We've, given, we've seen basically these, we've looked at the, the people who have the rev in front of their name or who wear the outfit, or who stand up on the platform, and we think those people are gifted. Those are the movers and shakers in the church. Those are the ones to whom God has come in a very special kind of way. Too many people live by the old quip, pastors are paid to be good, good people are good, or lay people are good for nothing. That's the sort of the attitude uh, sometimes. God begs to differ with us on that, Okay? Take nothing else away from what I'm saying today. Pay attention to this part. This is really important. God thinks every one of us is important. Important enough to have gifted for his purposes in a wonderful way. In fact, if spiritual gifts were more fully understood and employed in the life of the church, you might not have to pay people to be pastors. Okay? Because there wouldn't be such a need for them. Because those gifts would be working in concert. In, in such a marvelous way that we would have an, uh, an overflow of, of, of capable people uh, doing the work of the church. So remember these big ideas, if you would, today. Spiritual gifts are supernatural empowerments. They are given uh, like, um, like we give power tools to people. I remember being on a, on a mission trip when I was a younger pastor and I was working away at sawing this form for a, a staircase that we were going to build. And I'm just with this old saw and it's taking me the longest time to cut through this board. And suddenly I hear, and I look over there and one of my buddies has got this big circular saw going. And I'm thinking, I want one of those. God has given you one of those. That's the first big idea I want you to absorb. He's given you maybe more than one of these spiritual uh, power tools. Secondly, spiritual gifts are given to every believer. You've not been left out if you've opened your life to the presence of God and his Holy Spirit. And finally, they are given for a purpose, for the upbuilding of the body of Christ. We're going to focus on that big idea more extensively in the last 
uh, installment in this series. But, but let me just suffice it to say for today that where the Holy Spirit and, and the spiritual gifts are recognized and are being employed in intentional ways by everybody in the body, that community is like no other on earth. It's better than any athletic team you've ever been part of. It's more extraordinary than any work group that you have ever been a participant in. It is the most extraordinary thing in the world to be in the midst of a community of faith alive to the significance of spiritual gifts. Such a church functions as powerfully and beautifully as Jesus walking through a room. Such a church is so uh, phenomenal in the quality of its love, its life, its ability to help, to heal, to nurture, to serve, that when people encounter that community, they feel like they're meeting Jesus. They're not meeting a human organization. They're meeting the divine organism. They're meeting the body of Christ. So the question that arises for a lot of us is, what are these spiritual gifts that I'm talking about? Uh, what are they specifically? How would I recognize them? How would I know if I had one of them? Well, it's for that reason that we put in your hands today when you came in a, a, an insert in your worship folder that's called Understanding Spiritual Gifts. Understanding Spiritual Gifts. You take that out uh, for me and, and take a look at that. Or if you'd go online uh, later to the website, to our media center and and Go to the section holding this sermon. You will find a downloadable version of this. This is a wonderful summary of what we've been studying so far. And on the inside, you're going to find a listing of the uh, biblically named spiritual gifts. A whole list and description of those particular giftings that the Bible says are present within the life of the church. We believe that all of these gifts are still active today that they weren't just given for long ago, that God is still at work through all of these gifts today. And on the very back of that insert, you'll find some websites that give you a place to go where you can actually take an inventory that helps you identify which of those gifts are yours and, and how might you start applying them in a meaningful way within the ministry of the church. And as you discover where God may have been gifted you, we on the church staff would love to hear from you hear about your passion and find ways to include you in the ministry of the church uh, because we need uh, what you can offer. What I'd like to focus on in concluding today are the benefits, the actual benefits of, of knowing and using your spiritual gifts. And the first of those benefits I'd simply term firepower, okay? Firepower. Uh, when we read the story of the early church's life in the book of Acts, Uh, We hear of the moment on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes upon the believers like tongues of fire and fills them with power to become Christ's witnesses. And and it's an enormously um, amazing story because in reality, these people had just been sort of cowering Christians up to this point, right? They'd basically been people sort of following Jesus. You know, Jesus, you're the boss. Uh, You know, you do the work. You know, we'll clean up afterwards kind of thing. And now the Holy Spirit comes on them, and these people move out into the world as if they are Jesus, right? I mean, they begin a revolution of culture that gives us Western civilization. I don't think we recognize that sometimes in the church today. 
uh, all the, the freedoms, the liberties, the systems of justice, the opportunities, the universities, the medical systems and healthcare. This didn't just arise out of nothing. There's a reason why Western civilization has these things. It's because it grew out of the work of that early church and it overturned the Roman Empire and infused this vision for, for uh, flourishing life into the world. Uh, even on the very first day, the Holy Spirit works. These cowering Christians suddenly burst out into the world and they begin to preach the gospel message. And the Bible tells us that 3,000 people were added to the number of the church that very day. 3,000 people heard the message and responded because there was a supernatural empowerment to those speaking the message. I want to take you back to the story of that volunteer youth worker I talked about earlier. Because that experience he had of seeing his spiritual gift for teaching was life-changing for him. He had been on a vector to become a, a business person like his dad. And by, let me just make it loud and clear. We need Christian business people. There, there's plenty of opportunities to use your spiritual gifts as a Christian business person or as a, as a teacher or as a healthcare worker or as a homemaker. Don't get me wrong on this. This particular guy felt like his ministry was to be a, a Christian teacher. And so he gathered together a couple of other people and he, he, he set about the process of, of developing a teaching ministry that would reach out especially to irreligious people, to unchurched kids. And the power of the Holy Spirit worked through that. And today, this weekend, that teacher is still using the gift. His name is Bill Hybels. He leads a small church called the Willow Creek Community Church. More than 20,000 people will be there this weekend, right? Because there's firepower in these giftings. And that's why it's important you discover what yours are and to be applying them. Secondly, life is too short and sometimes too hard not to be doing the things that produce joy. And, and one of the great blessings of the discovery and use of our spiritual gifts is that they're fun to use. When we're using our gifts, it's a joy to use them. That's not true of everything that we do in life, right? I mean, there are times when when we are using our things we're talented at or skilled at, and it's drudgery, right? I mean, we just, oh, when will this job be over? And we can do it just fine, maybe even very, very well, but it's not a source of of joy in our lives. Not so with the use of the spiritual gifts. Our experience when we use spiritual gifts is, wow, I get to do this? This is awesome. You know, we walk out at the end of the day of using our spiritual gifts feeling more energized, not depleted and worn out. I'll tell you a little secret. You know, I would do this job I have if they didn't pay me. Don't tell the trustees that. But, because I do have bills to pay. But I'm telling you, the experience of getting to teach and to be with you and to do what I do in the life of the church, to use my own uh, particular spiritual gifts is fun. It's fun. So I urge you to find out what your gifts are because they may be missing out on, on a level of joy that God wants you to find. Let's be honest. There are a lot of tasks in life that just aren't fun, right? I don't know anybody who feels spiritually gifted to take out the garbage, right? Or to fold the laundry. There are just some jobs that we got to do in our lives. But, but we're not meant to go through life just worn out by the endless doing of things. And one of the best reasons to know of your spiritual gifts is it gives you freedom 
to say no in the face of all of the things that people are asking of you sometimes. And you may still have, you still have to do the laundry and take out the garbage. Don't get me wrong. That's what it means to be a family or in a community. But, but there are a lot of things you're probably saying yes to right now you should not be saying yes to. Your response ought to be, you know, I appreciate that there's a need in that area. Let me help you find somebody who is spiritually gifted for that. Because it ain't me. I'm gifted for this. And I've decided this is where I want to put my energy and my focus at this time. So think about this with me as we close today. In his staggering grace, God has made us in such a way that by using our spiritual gifts, we get to be conduits of the firepower of heaven itself into this world. We get to experience fun, joy in serving. And we get to find greater freedom to focus on what we've been uniquely created and equipped to do. Those three benefits lead to a fourth. Because pursuing the discovery and the activation and use of our individual spiritual gifts, our personal spiritual gifts, provides us with a a pathway for fulfillment of the very highest kind. And that fulfillment is found in using our gifts together to be the body of Christ. And what the body of Christ is and what the body of Christ is can do is a topic so exciting, so big and life-changing when you understand it that I'm going to devote an entire message to it the next time we get together. So I want to invite you to bow with me as we close our time together in prayer. Loving and gracious God, we come before you with thanks this day that you have created a world, that you are bringing forth a kingdom that allows us to play such a vital part. We ask, Lord, that you would lead each of us to discover more fully what those gifts are that you have endowed us with, to find that particular purpose for which we have been made and left here as long as you've left us. Open our eyes, we pray, to those particular gifts of the Spirit that have been entrusted to us for the upbuilding of of the church, the body of Christ, and for its mission in this world. So come into our hearts, third person of the Trinity. Come, come into us. Come in third, afresh this day. Fill us with your spirit, for we pray in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen.